Hello and welcome to Planet NOLA. I'm your host, Mary Jacobs. I am here with another exciting guest, <laughs> Marcel Bolio of the very famous Instagram. You may or may not know it. You should know it. Louisiana Bra. I mean, I feel like, how many followers do you have now? Um, I know exactly how many followers I have. I have 17.4 thousand followers. Because <laughs> I looked this morning. It's not something I usually... No, yeah, you should know. I feel like you should know and you should look. Yeah. I, like, I know roughly how many followers I have on all my accounts. Well, I just had a big... Um, it's kind of sad. Whenever there's a tragedy or anything traumatic is when I get an influx of followers. Yeah, so. because you're putting out resources yeah. and information and that's getting shared, yeah. which is exactly what you're doing. Like, that's how yeah. that works. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's it, that's why we need you. Right, right. You're, you're right. It's just a little... It's, um, it's jarring. It's very jarring. <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. I'm like gaining followers because I'm putting out information on mass shootings and yeah. the lack of gun regulation you know but it's you know there's you know someone's got to be a mortician that's a dark comparison wow. that was a dark comparison <laughs> and i regret it but what i mean is calling me a mortician? no i mean kind of in a way but you're right like do you know what i mean I like was, there people there there are jobs that need our society needs for example here's a better example that's not as dark <laughs> i could never be like an ems or like a oh, no. emergency room critical care nurse or doctor i could i my response when like traumatic things happen is, is i shut down and then i need care like i will like hyperventilate and then i'm hospitalized you know like yeah so like oh yeah there are people that that are, that that are needed for those roles and you're doing like a much needed thing it's just like a little sad sometimes it's really sad and it's overwhelming because sometimes i want to be taken care of too but i you know i was listening to a brene brown podcast not long ago where she was talking about people like their trauma responses and how some people like like sit back and allow themselves to be taken care of and some people like spring into action yeah and they're like i got this i got this i got this so it's almost to like distract yourself from what's going on right. so i think i fall into that category that makes sense. and which is helpful for uh the work you do for the work that i do but it's also really stressful you gotta take care of yourself yes yeah you gotta and, have boundaries and you gotta take care of yourself yes. so wait tell can you okay. explain a little bit of what louisiana bra is i mean it's an instagram it's an Instagram primarily, and it fo- it covers Louisiana state politics. And sometimes I'll cover our national delegation, but really, like, I only, I try to only cover national stuff as it relates to Louisiana. Um, it has a definite progressive tilt, um, but also a very local and native tilt, um, because also I... Also a comedic tilt. Yeah, I guess so. Sometimes. Huh? Yeah. No, it, I can... That's how I cope, I think. Do you a lot feel like it's intentional? Yes. To include the comedy? Yeah, because I think also that that was a strategy of mine when I began it to get people to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you draw them in with, you know, a funny meme or video or some kind of joke, you know, they'll absorb that along with the information that you're trying to, like, put out there. Yeah, and they're more likely to share the information and it's mm-hmm. got more eyes on it. Yeah, because, I mean, we're just, like, so inundated with bad news the only thing we can do sometimes like sometimes you need to hold space for it and feel that grief but sometimes you also just need to laugh at the absurdity of where we are and try to find joy when and where you can and so that's part of um of using the you know comedy in it what was it i have it on my website it says oh shoot it's uh something about i'm gonna have to look that up Mm -hmm. because i can't remember what i said but it's it's kind of what how i feel about it like 
like like laughter is the antidote of fear you know what i mean mm, yeah. like there's just like this way to combat this deep dark place and that's in finding community and like fun and joy and laughter yeah and as a comedian which is weird to say <laughs> yeah. as a comedian i think that to be able to make a well crafted and timed joke is to have a full comprehensive understanding of what you're talking about yeah and that's what people relate to in comedy is when you say something they're like oh my god yeah mm-hmm. that is this or whatever does that make yeah. sense yeah and so that to me if you're able to have that lightheartedness in the way that you give information it means that you do have a full grasp of it and that is actually kind of like respecting it even more that you can like kind of look at it in that lens you know yeah I get that I can definitely feel that sometimes yeah sometimes it's appropriate sometimes it's not I right. try to balance out my Instagram account because like some weeks I'm like oh my god everything has been such a downer you know especially the last two weeks everything has been so <laughs> yeah. heavy and with these bills that are moving through the Louisiana legislature and all these like calls to action I've been putting out and so sometimes I'll I've just started doing this like I go on morning walks every day with my dog in City Park and it's gorgeous out there and I've lived here my entire life and every time I go out there I'm like oh my god it is so beautiful out here and so I've been like putting up videos and being like hey guys look at this you know and mm-hmm. once I did a voiceover in uh, you know uh, it was an update on the abortion bill that they were trying to pass and, you know, just trying to balance out the heaviness of the information with whatever I can, whether it's a joke or a right. pretty video. <laughs> I mean, I consider myself to be politically active and like pretty radical in my politics and I have been for a really long time. So I've been angry for a really long time, like a yeah. really, really long time. And as you, That's I'm sure a real you thing. understand, yep. and I've kind of gotten to this point in my activism where... Um, and thank God, uh, where I'm able to let myself love things and be happy and not always be carrying the burden of how awful our nation takes care of its people. Yeah. Um, cause it, it, it's a heavy weight to bear because life is still going by and you don't want to just always be bearing it, bearing it, bearing yeah, it. Yeah. Cause that's how you lose too. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do believe that like any kind of revolution begins with an individual, you know, oh, like yeah. us choosing joy, peace, like that is radical in and of itself. I, I so agree. Yeah. I, I always, I'm really big about, uh, you know, beauty culture, diet culture, fat phobia. And I, I constantly say to people, friends, this exact thing. I'm like, the world doesn't want you to like yourself. And when you choose to do it, it is is truly radical. And I know that people say that, but like it is an actual radical act to enjoy your life, to like feel deep love, feel like connected to yourself. Like, because yeah, the world is not structured for us to have those things. Because if people, more people had that, they would be really free and we'd really be dealing with the... Right. I mean... We'd be liberated AF, Well, that's a system of oppression. Like, that immediately brings to mind voter suppression. Mm -hmm. The whole point of voter suppression is to make you think that your vote doesn't count. And it's done a great job. A really great job. A great job. And that's one of the things I tried to combat on Louisiana, bro, is be like, no, your voice matters. Just like your moment of joy going outside looking up at the sky, like, Mm -hmm. that matters. You going to the poll and casting that one vote even if there's no chance that that guy's gonna win or that woman's gonna win look at that is that matters you know it's so annoying (laughs) but you did a good job I mean I think sometimes with unlearning stuff that's how it's done you know like you just have to course correct I do that all the time course correct well you know and that's rewiring you have to rewire rewiring but also I'm very cognizant when I am talking about 
policymakers on the account, I almost always exclusively use masculine pronouns because right. they are almost all exclusively yeah, masculine. Yeah, Louisiana, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to let that go. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that is a thing. Like these are men that are making these laws, period. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and so that's kind of, I think that's part of... Right, I see what you're saying, though. You're Why like, oh, I, I can't do it all the time. Sometimes I have to remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> That's so real. I feel like, you know, oh, so a thing we were talking about right before we got on camera, and a thing that I've been thinking about before having you on here is, uh, I kind of was like, oh, God, I was like, I am not, I don't know crap about Louisiana uh, politicians. I know we've got Cassidy and Kennedy as our senators, but literally earlier I was like, is it Cassidy and Kennedy? And I had a moment where I was like, is it? And then I was like, it is. And then I still Googled it because I was like, I'm not sure. And it's like legit. Sometimes I get really insecure with like the full scope of my knowledge about the political atmosphere, you know? Yeah, I get that. Um, and to make you feel better, every single time I go to vote, I have to look up again which district and precinct. Oh, yeah, I'm. me too. <laughs> like, I cannot remember these things. There's so many times I'm like, wait, who is my legislator? Like, that is... My hack is that I know the lady that works at the voting... <laughs> like, because there's all the tables, and I know the lady <laughs> at my table. So I'm like, oh, there she is. And so I know that's the table I go to. I have no idea what precinct or anything. I'm just like, there yeah, she is. Yeah, my neighbor works it, but she always works for some reason a different precinct so i always without fail think it's her go to her table yeah. she's like no baby yeah you're over there I'm like oh i knew that i was just coming to say hi <laughs> that's it but yeah no but before i started doing this work so i started working for a state rep who is the speaker pro tem of the house of representative which just means second in line um into that at the end of 2015 mm -hmm. prior to that i knew nothing about state politics Nothing like I come from a background in immigration policy, which is all the mainly at the federal level. So I knew like federal workings. But when it came to Louisiana politics, local politics, I had no idea. And so it really was like a crash course. I jumped into the deep end of the pool. I was a policy analyst for the speaker pro tem. And that's how I learned. And you know, I have a PhD in Latin American studies with a focus on poli sci. And if I was that clueless, you know what I mean? Like, right. I've studied political science, and I still didn't know. And so one of the things that I really wanted to do with Louisiana bra was like, just to bring that accessibility to everybody. Like, I had no idea. I there's still so much that I don't know. And there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And some of it's like kind of intentionally layered obscure. and shaded. Yeah. And obscured. Yeah. They don't want to give you access. Right, right. And, yeah. and it is some of it is going to be harder to understand. And it's just obscured because it is a harder concept to understand, like how things move through or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone should have access to that information everyone. and everyone should be able to grasp it. And it's not offered freely, but you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to, you're yeah. like trying to make it so people who don't otherwise feel like they're politically active have you as a touch point. Yeah. And you know, the one su really surprising thing about Louisiana is that our, the website for the Louisiana legislature is like shockingly well done really and easy to navigate interesting so if there are any nerds out there who like want a deep dive into a bill or this or that like you can figure it out it's right. really it's like really up to date and easy to watch easy to research everything that's what's up it's weird <laughs> yeah i feel like as it should be like come on guys people should be able to have access to this information quickly and mm -hmm. i think that was where i went when i was googling to make sure that i knew who there there you go were. yeah govote.com yeah mm -hmm. i was like let me make sure that's the louisiana the secretary of state's website but yeah so we have an election coming up this year 
Yes. Is it this, this year? Yes, in year? November. Yeah, and is it for senators? So, yes, you see, this is, these are the kinds of things yeah. that, like, I should know off the top of my head. Yeah. But, yeah, like, our senators and some of our congressmen. So, you know, state level, we have two senators. I think we – gosh, you see, I should know this off the top of my head. I think it's we have seven. Seven congressmen? That was the thing I started to Google. We just went through the maps. I just, so I just oh like, God, obsessively Marcel. went through the congressional I literally, maps. That was the second thing I was about to Google, <laughs> but I have severe ADHD, and I immediately got distracted by something. But that was going to be the second thing to Google was how many people we had. I think we have seven congressmen. And then our representatives, we have, like, 100 and something. Yes, like 105. And they come from, like, state, districts. Yes, they come from districts all over the state. And then, so, okay. And they're in Baton Rouge. They're in Baton and Rouge. And senators are in Washington. So we have senators at the state level and the federal level. Right. We have two senators that... Federal level. Uh, yes, that, that are, and those are the, Cassidy the jabronis, and Kennedy, Kennedy and Cassidy. I love that you use that word. I love to use that word. They're jabronis. I don't really know what it means. Me neither. Or but where it comes from. Is it this... comes from, I think, Philly. Is that or what Boston? it is? Whenever I say it, I'm like, is that something wildly offensive that I just don't understand where oh, it came I from? I just thought it meant like a duncy white guy. I mean, I have no idea. Well, but if that's anyone's how listening and it. is trying to cancel me for using jabroni, I'm pretty sure it means it like a douchey white guy. I mean, that's how I that's consistently how I use, it. use but it. Regularly, we're using words that are just straight up slurs <laughs> and don't know it. So it could right. very well be something Right, 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 right. Time will tell when we get canceled from this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we love y'all. Um, so yeah, you have your state senators and your congressmen, which are your representatives at the state level that are in that D.C. Rouge. Oh, D.C. D.C. And then everybody in the state has the same two senators, and mm-hmm. we all have a different representative, mm-hmm. a congressman. So congressman is, or congresswoman, we do actually have a congresswoman, mm-hmm. um, is for the the state level like i mean federal level right national level then we have i think we have seven of those right seven yes. Sta- I'm, yeah i'm like second guessing myself right to now me. that that sounds right to me <laughs> that sounds right to you yeah it sounds right to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> must be true <laughs> must be true if it sounds right and so then at the state level we have everybody has one state senator and one state representative and okay. they're in baton rouge and we have 105 i think state reps total and about like 32 state senators again numbers that i should know off the top of my head but those are the i mean you numbers. basically do you, you know enough like <laughs> it is what it is you know i'm not I'm, now i want to know their birthdays and <laughs> don't make me do that what districts they represent no, what's kidding. their sign yeah what's their full like, astrological mercury chart? is always in retrograde in, in louisiana it feels like it is lately <laughs> so sad oh my god really yeah so sad. i felt like a little i definitely felt a little insecure i was like oh god i don't know enough but that is the beauty of what you're doing and that is why it's so important well you know and I get a lot of questions and that's like I want I don't ever want anybody to feel shame about not knowing that because again they set it up that way yeah right and so for them to make you feel shame about it is them winning that's what they wanted in the first place Mm -hmm. if it were meant to be a fully transparent process it would be right it would be easy to navigate it's just not but it's just not and that is by design so there is like that's not on you that you don't know that's on them right yeah right Sorry, I'm, having, I'm having a separate thought. I'm having a separate thought. I'm, I've been I've been listening to a lot of Adrienne Marie Brown. Are you yeah. familiar? Yeah, she's incredible. Um, and I've listened to her on multiple podcasts now. Does and she I'll, have her own podcast? She does. There's an emergent strategy podcast, but like she's not always the host of it. Okay. Um, this is too much of a digression, so I'm gonna stop talking about it. <laughs> 
It is. Like, the thing I want to tell you has nothing to do with what they're talking about, but it just reminded me of it, and it's fine. I'm going to go back on track. I um, love her Instagram account. Yeah, she's got it. It's mostly memes. It's so good. I yeah. know. It's such she talks a, like, about why she does that, too. What did she say? Well, she, she, the same thing that you said. Yeah. Um, it's that everything is so heavy. And it doesn't need to always be so heavy. Yeah. And so she tries to disseminate just joyful, silly memes And she a lot. does such a great job. She's got great memes. Yeah, oh she's my God, very funny. I share them constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's super, super funny. Yeah, she's real good. Um. Anyway, we can get back on track. <laughs> what was the track? What was the track? Oh, we have an election coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, can we please get rid of Kennedy and Cass? Like, what's going to happen? I want them gone. Doesn't everyone want them gone? Are they both up for re-election? I think, oh my gosh, you see her asking me questions. That's I mean, fine. Kennedy At least one is. of them is. Kennedy definitely is. Cassidy is, wait. No, no Cassidy's not, right? Yeah. Our producer it's has just chimed Kennedy. in. Yeah. Kennedy was the one I knew. I'm I'm like embarrassed that I don't know. You see? Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's just I'm sorry. I'm not, you don't have to be embarrassed. <laughs> this is a shame-free space. You just shame said Shame-free space. Um, you just said Yeah, it. and then I think most of our congressmen are up for re-election yeah. as well. What's um, the best case scenario? Is there a best case scenario? Kennedy has so much money. I mean, he has millions and millions of dollars. From the NRA. From, yeah, the NRA, from RNC, from all of them. I mean, in my best case scenario, like, you know, and so Luke Mixum's running against him, who Mm. has recently been endorsed by the governor. Mm. And he's like the establishment guy, Democrat, Mm. right? Um, Which I'm not saying that is An establishment Democrat feels way more possible than, you know, a radical. So the other guy running against him is Gary Chambers Jr., which would be the radical. Oh, yeah. Gary Chambers Jr. is the who I'm obsessed with. He did the campaign where you're smoking that big fat blunt. Yes. Talking about nonviolent drug offenses mm -hmm. and stuff. He's real shock and awe. The work he's doing, though, whether or not he's going to make it, I I mean, in my dream world, I'm like, yeah, I want someone who smokes weed to represent me. You know, I think that's great. But... Among all his other stuff. He's, right. he's very, very liberal, and he's my kind of politician. Um, what I like about his campaign is that he's getting so many eyes on it. I know. He's getting eyes on it. I know, and, and, and that's, that's important. Step one. Step one. Well, and I have talk about this all the time. Louisiana is so discounted across the board all the time when it comes to any kind of leftist movement. The I had a call. The New York Times called me, like, wanting to talk about, you know, Democratic politics in Louisiana, John Bell, and how he's managed to be a Democratic governor in such a red state. Well, but yes, exactly. He is. He is. So they said, we were just wondering, you know, how has he flown under the radar? I said, he hasn't flown under the radar. <laughs> Y'all just don't count him as a Democrat because he's pro-life. Yeah. And by doing that, we don't get any national, we don't get money from the DNC, you know, because yeah. our Democratic governor is pro-life. They just like pretend like progressives in Louisiana don't exist. And the thing is, is we have a wide spectrum of like, that's what the Democratic Party is. Let's right. be real. Like right. the Republican Party is largely homogenous. They all look the same. I mean, I don't want to be like that. But you I know, have family members in my southern Louisiana family that vote Democratic because they're not single issue voters, but right. they are pro-life, anti-choice. Right. Yeah. Well, Tons and of that's a real thing. It's a real thing here. It's a real thing, and it's something that you have to allow for. Yeah. And not only the New York Times and people in the North, but I'm speaking to you, my dear transplants. Mm-hmm. Like, that is something that if you move to Louisiana, like, and you come from a liberal place, like, you have to understand that it is so nuanced here. 
I mean, oh my god, we, my partner and I talk about this all the time because you know Kristen's from the West Bank. Oh, I didn't know that. And you know, this is a joke, but it's like the cultural differences between <laughs> the West Bank and the East Bank, having us grown up at the same exact time but in different places. We talk about the nuances of that sometimes, all the time, and a lot of times transplants think we are being like. I don't know what they think. They get really uncomfortable when we talk about the differences. And we're like, I'm like, it's not like, it's not like bad differences. There's just like small cultural differences that are worth acknowledging. Like it's worth acknowledging this huge swath of politics in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, Do you feel like people try to say this isn't legitimately democratic? Or what do you think it is with the transplants trying to name it? Because I struggle with this sometimes where people want to tell me like I'm incorrect or I'm handling something wrong. And I'm like. I, I'm from here. Like, this this is an issue that pertains to me. Been here my whole life. And I can like, talk about it however I want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, and I have a lot of nuance to it that you probably don't have. Like, I think that they just don't understand. I mean, I often, like, wish, and I, and this is not, this is, like, a, kind of a half-baked thought that I've been, like, kind of I playing around. I love a around, half-baked thought. Like, playing around with in my head because I've been thinking a lot about transplants and I've got a lot of friends who are transplants. You know, I've spent a lot of time, I mean, New Orleans is always my home base, but I spent a lot of time outside of New Orleans and, you know, I think that one of the things is that they just don't realize the full extent of conservatism in Louisiana. And if they hear, like, if if somehow it comes up there's like say there's someone I know uh, someone I grew up with or someone in my family that uses the n-word still mm-hmm. they just can't believe that they can't believe that yeah that's they so can't believe that me. that exists you yeah. know or or they Kristen just talks about this all the time because she is from the West Bank yeah. you know what I mean and that is a thing white people throwing that word around out there is a thing yeah I'm not saying it's okay but it's a thing you and know? I just like oftentimes wish that they would kind of treat their transplantness as an allyship mm. Because a lot of them do have good intentions about, you know, how they want to be um, a contributor to New Orleans or Louisiana. But they come with such preconceived ideas of how things should be. And that's the way to say it. And sometimes I just wish because like number one rule of being an ally is not to call yourself an ally. Mm -hmm. And number two is just to listen. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times like. You know, and I'm not trying to appropriate, you know, anti-racist work here by any means. But I, I it just... It kind of is anti-racist work because New Orleans half black. Very true. It, it, it yeah. applies. It, yeah. It applies. And I just I just wish that sometimes they would just listen and... and I think about all the times, like with my black neighbors, when I have said something like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And they're like, of course you don't. Like white girl doesn't believe that this could happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like... I can just see the parallelisms there. You right. know how I've exacerbated people by my naive, by my yeah. naivete, naivete. That's naive, right. Does that, does they that, know what I you mean. Never know how to I'm, say that word. I'm big, a big <laughs> malpropism person. Naivete. Like, if they know what you mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with but that you. That sounds right. I usually see words in my head when I say mm. them, and I don't really know how to spell that word, so yeah. that's why it always I trips me up. Um, and so I just see a lot of parallelisms there, and I just wish that. You know, there's so much aggressive, self-proclaimed allyship among transplants. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just wish they would just like chill for a second. Yeah. And just like, listen. Just listen. Just listen. And know that not everything is going to fit into the way that you, your worldview. Right. And I mean, you know, I've this has always been my home base. But like when I 
it's something I need to learn too when I go to different spaces. Like we're always, unless you're like in your house, you're a guest somewhere, right? Yeah. And so there's always something to like listen to. I think that this everybody can apply this in some aspect of their life. Of course. You know? And it's just super important and it's something I need to do, something you need to I do. I wish that people approached conversations with curiosity. Yeah. In an authentic way. You know, I'm an extroverted extrovert. And I will talk to I'm anybody, <laughs> anywhere. Well, we met at a party. Yeah. We met sitting outside of a party, and I think I chatted you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because I think I, like, and I'm an introvert. And, but and I, I'm a talk to anybody. Well, and I can be extroverted at times, like, as, like, you know, evidenced by the work that I do. But generally. I could tell you were an introvert at that party. I, when I first started talking to you, I was like, this person don't want to talk to me but I'm a maker talk to me <laughs> and I remember you because you were like, like waiting for an uber and like annoyed and I was like I oh, don't know you're gonna talk to me <laughs> I was waiting for an uber for like four hours oh it was like right when the world reopened and there were no ubers there were no ubers but then also I exacerbated the situation because they kept playing like good like old school New Orleans hip-hop and so I would <laughs> keep party. running back inside every time I heard a song to like yeah. dance by myself on the dance floor because I was so happy to be out in the world again <laughs> yeah. and then I'd, if they did come I definitely missed it so every time I came back outside yeah. you were sitting out there yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we figured out we were both from here and you said oh I figured I always gravitate towards mm -hmm. the natives <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah when I get my teeth in somebody and I want to talk to them they yeah, can't yeah. they can't escape me I'm and then, like we're gonna have a conversation but what I notice in my conversation is is conversationalist professional life is people don't know how to to listen but I think a lot of it is like a lack of curiosity yeah. like when I meet somebody I really want to know where they're from which people get triggered by I want to know where they're from because to me that colors a lot like I know that a little bit more about their worldview if somebody tells me they're from New York City I'm like oh you grew up around a lot of liberals you grew up great public transportation yeah. you grew up around I immediately like can put that in my brain and I can understand them a little bit better people get very defensive about it usually it's what? when they're from boring places yeah you know? I just don't get that though like I don't get it either I I'll always be from New Orleans. Even right. if I live somewhere for 20 years, if anyone asks me where I'm from, I'll always say New Orleans. That's what I always say. I yeah. just don't, I don't get that. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, I don't get it either, but I, like I think it's clout? like people, I think what it is, I, is, I think it's people are insecure unnecessarily. Like yeah. I, I noticed I mean, this I a lot. I think it's cool to be from like, it's great to be from wherever the, you're yeah, from. It's yeah. just where you're from. It's yeah, not it. who you are. <laughs> yeah. It's not who you are. Like New Orleans is not who I am. Like it's definitely shaped me. But I always ask people where they're from. That's like one of the first questions. And then I love to know what people do for work because I'm like, oh, what do you do? Yeah. Because I'm like, I genuinely want to understand. If someone tells me they're a nurse, I'm going to assume like 50 things about them. And I know that maybe they're not all true, but it helps me to just understand them a little better. And then I can be like, oh, what hospital? Because I know this I person mean, at this yeah. hospital. I know that person at that hospital. Stuff like that. Like, I'm always curious about who you are and like how you fit into this. That's why I love this podcast too. Yeah. And like having curious conversations and really listening. And the thing you're talking about with folks coming into conversations with preconceived notions, it is people don't have, people don't have, know how to have conversations anymore. We have to take a break. Hello, it's your host, Mary Jacobs. I'm sitting here with my producer, Carrie Mulder, and we are so excited to be bringing you Planet NOLA this episode and every episode. We really believe in this podcast mm -hmm. and the work it's doing in New Orleans to build community, to reach out to people, um, and we really love what we do. Yeah, we love our guests, we love our audience, our listeners, we love each other. 
It's just a big love fest. So if you love this podcast and you believe in what we're doing, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing to our Patreon. We just launched it. The lowest tier is $5. Mm-hmm. And we are just really trying to get this podcast to pay for itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe support ourselves just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're both creative people who have a lot of projects. And this is a big one in our lives. So if mm-hmm. you love it as much as we love it, um, it would mean the world to us if you considered subscribing. There is bonus content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. It takes a deep dive into the episode, kind of circle back to some of the topics. They've been fun. Yeah, Super we basically fun. record with the guests as soon as we're done their episode and do a more candid version of their podcast. Mm-hmm. It's shorter, but it's more self-effacing, and it feels like just real, real, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's, it's BTS, behind the scenes. It's the BTS. So if you want more Planet Nola content, you could subscribe to our Patreon and mm-hmm. get it. It would mean so much to us. So, okay, we'll let you go back to your episode now, but please consider. Thank you. Bye. This episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness. Vitality is a functional training gym located in Metairie, Louisiana. And at Vitality, we focus on members as individuals. That's right. We don't want people together. We don't assume that everybody has the same goals when they step into our gym. We also don't push things like body ideals or diet culture. We try to focus on the full person, and we try to give an experience that matches that. We've got incredible coaches. We've got an incredible community. And if you're looking for a place to call your new gym home, consider checking us out. We offer a three free class trial. That's right. Literally no commitment. You can try three of our classes in a week to see if our gym is for you because ultimately we want people who want to be there. And if it sounds like this might be the space for you, please consider checking us out. You can go to vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact button and get started. And we're back to Planet Nola. I am still here with Marcel from Louisiana Bra. And if you haven't followed Louisiana Bra yet, you should. <laughs> um, something after we met, then you started following my business. Yes. Mary's Rack. And maybe my, I can't remember what you felt, but you I follow, follow me. Mary's I follow Rack, you. Yeah. We're on the internet. And, on the internet. and last Correct. time, and I one time made a post about being vulnerable i don't remember exactly what the post was but i basically made a post that was like i'm just going to be myself authentically on here because that's all i know how to be and if people have issue with that like i don't care Mm -hmm. and you were like that resonated with me and you changed some things yes so what did you change so prior to that Mm -hmm. prior to your watershed moment in my life (laughs) Um, I, I will take it. I will take it. <laughs> As you should. There are like certain people that have really, like, you know, I'm like kind of a creeper on in, on the internet, you know, like I'll watch you from afar mm-hmm. and like take note of what you're doing mm-hmm. and allow it to affect me in a good way, usually, same, sometimes same. in That's a bad way. Am, yeah. Um, but so prior, I had always run Louisiana Bra pseudo anonymously, right? Like if you went digging deep enough, you could figure out who was. Yeah, you told it. me within the first five minutes of knowing you that you ran it. Well, I don't do that with everybody. Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. you no, sort of anonymously. Yeah, like, yeah. You told me, but maybe you wouldn't tell somebody. Like else. the masses that follow me didn't know, but like your any, friends knew. My friends knew. You know, legislators that I interact with, is particularly Democrats, pretty much knew who I was. The Republicans, not so much. I tried to hide my. I tried to hide from them just because when I'm at the Capitol and I'm like doing my thing, I like to just sit in the corner and not be noticed. You know, mm-hmm. um, but so after that, you know. I love the the memes and I love all that stuff, but I am a writer inherently. And so 
and I'm a nerd. So I always want to do deep dives, right? Like I always want to talk more about things and the way I talk about things just always inherently comes from a personal perspective. And I was stopped from doing that because it was like anonymous. And so I'd made the decision to not be anonymous anymore. I still don't really put myself in the forefront of the Instagram page just because I haven't. And maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. I know that's what they push you to do for the algorithm. But like, it seems like you're doing just fine. I don't really give a shit about that. Either way. Yeah. Do it or you don't have to. And so I, yeah, I started a Substack account and like a newsletter. And I call it a newsletter, but it's not i mean there's news there's information in it but it's not like a rundown these are all the things that happened this week right it's more of just whatever i am feeling creatively i'm going to write about i've written about uh david sedaris i've written about nicholas cage i went to see david sedaris when he was here last so did i i saw you that night i saw you that night yeah yeah Um, but you you write about things that you're interested in i write about and it all has like somewhat of a political slant right but i mean it's just kind of coming out with my name and my identity one is a little bit scary because there are a lot of crazies out there. Yeah. I don't want to use that word pejoratively, but you No, like, I know what you mean. Especially like when I, now that I've started talking more and more about gun control, the gun uh, enthusiasts have found my page and yeah. I've had to block a bunch of them because I usually try not to censor anybody, but like it's just Those guys are scary. They're scary and they're threatening and it's just not cool. And so it was scary, but also liberating because now I can like speak from my point of view and my perspective with my name and my stories because that is, I love to write personal narrative and that's how anybody relates to the world really. And so to be able to like draw from my own stories has been really good. And, you know, it's only been like a month and a half. And so I'm, you know, there, there have been probably some hits and some misses and I'm just trying to figure out and just kind of practice writing and using my voice every week, which has been really nice. That's awesome. So um, I'm hoping that that'll just keep growing and growing and I can still, because also I wanted to kind of get out of the quagmire of like the day-to-day slog of this bill's coming up and we need to kill this bill. And, this, and I kind of wanted to go up 30,000 feet right. to really talk about like how we're talking about mm-hmm. like big ideas. Interconnectedness of all of those big ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. You've done a good job building your audience. So mm-hmm. and like educating your audience. So it feels like you've almost earned this place now of like I can just do the thing yeah you know I mean you could have always you didn't have to earn it but But sometimes we feel like we need to earn it sometimes we feel like you know we have to prove ourselves first basically but you don't but you've built up a nice little audience yeah it worked out really well I was terrified when I started it like absolutely terrified did not sleep the night before was so scared that's how I felt about starting this podcast oh my god it is vulnerability is so scary all i'm doing is gonna talk about (laughs) all i will do is talk about adrian marie brown but it's because literally she is my prophet she talks about emergent strategy which is her belief of growing and leading and all of those things right and a big part of emergent strategy is getting it wrong and like coming back from getting it wrong and accountability and like leading with empathy and vulnerability And ultimately, like before we started the podcast, I was just like kind of reeling because, yes, I had a business and then I I had just started a business that my face is on, which was its own form of stress. So scary. But at least it was a business and not like me as a person. And then, and I'm a comedian, but I'm doing bits when I'm on stage. So I'm also just performing. This is another level of vulnerability. Yeah, it's me having honest conversations with people. People are perceiving me on this like, 
way deeper way than they ever have on Instagram. And and I'm not saying they're overthinking it. I'm just saying to be perceived in that way is yourself. terrifying. Even for me, who's an extroverted extrovert, it's terrifying. And what I ultimately, you know, before we really started, before I really got committed to the idea of it, I was like, Mary, you're going to fuck it up. You're going to get stuff wrong. Like, I know I am. I For the rest of my life, there will be things that I fuck up and get wrong. And then I'm like giving myself the empathy that I would give anyone else. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay. You will get things wrong. And as long as you have like your mission and your head on about what you're, why you're doing something, you can grow from your mistakes. Yeah. And that's how I approach everything. And it gives you so much more freedom to live authentically. I think that was what resonated with me whenever you posted that, that you were just like, I'm just going to let my creativity go and run loose and just put it out there and stop being scared of it. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it is trusting your instincts because obviously you're successful at things that you do. It's hard. And that's been a big journey of mine the last few years, especially all the unlearning. You know, I'm from here, went to Catholic, like went through 17 years of the Catholic school system. Yeah, you went to St. Louis King of France and then Mount Carmel. And then Mount Carmel. Yeah, I used to teach him, briefly taught at Mount Carmel. So did I. Oh my God, really? Were we there at the same time? I did two years non-consecutively, I think into like 2007-ish. Oh no, I was in high school then. Oh, so, oh, okay. No, I graduated high school in 2000. <laughs> oh, you're my sister's age. My sister graduated okay. in 2000. She teaches at Mount Carmel now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I taught Spanish there. I did 2007 and like 2010 or 2011. An amazing thing happened to me this past week. Like I got a DM and I don't even see most of my DMs because there's just too many of them and I'm just one person. As a student. It was a student. And she was like, hey, did you by any chance used to teach Spanish at Mount Carmel? I was like, oh, yes. Oh my, oh my God. God. I am so glad you found this page. I am so glad you are engaging. I am so glad. Since awesome. she had all this com- these comments on the gun bills. And I was like, it is not an easy jump to go from a Mount Catholic school education to following and engaging with a page like mine. I, yeah. And that just warmed my little heart so much. That's awesome. So I was really excited about that. Like there's, you know, it's, there's hope out there. It may, I'm, I am very excited about Gen Z. I am so excited about Gen Z. And it's funny because I see friends that agree with me and then I see friends that are like, why? And I'm like, the friends that are like, I don't get it. I'm like, you sound like our parents. Like, you're doing, you're doing the thing that our parents did where they patronized our generation and we're continuously patronized by boomers and everyone above. And it's like. What generation are you? You're, are you an elder millennial? I'm an elder millennial. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a millennial. Okay. Um, we have been villainized. Yeah. Completely villainized for trying to survive in this shit economy and yeah, shit. Yeah, we're the first generation that's like actually trying to do right by ourselves and each yeah. other. You know, we're because like. Because we did We're the, the first generation that like, you know, like really thinks women are equal for the most part. <laughs> you know, like shocker. Like that yeah. caused trauma in the past. Like women were getting married at 18 and probably wouldn't have if the patriarchy wasn't as heavy as it was. Right. In the 60s, 70s, 80s. Like even into the 90s, you know. Right. Even into the early aughts. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, we're the first generation that's trying to break all those cycles. And it's so silly that we get villainized. But Gen Z is on our shoulders. And I remind them of that occasionally. They, you know what? You are so right. I remind they them. they make fun of us too. Well, I remind <laughs> them. There has been a moment where someone was like making fun of millennials. And I was like, you know, like we laid some groundwork for you. Some major groundwork. We laid some serious groundwork. We so putting up with the bullshit. Yeah, just like we stand on the shoulders of like the queer people exactly. that came before us. And like for, for me, it's like. 
there's all these people that I stand on the shoulders of and it's like it is what it is it's like if we can all honor and respect where people are at where they've come from how we've gotten here then we can just have that curiosity we'll have a better understanding exactly. of each other exactly yeah and empathy empathy is the key so to everything so much empathy yeah Vulner- yep. vulnerability too Brene Brown she, she'll tell you vulnerability up down left right I know She's yeah so good. I think I consumed too much of her and now I'm kind of pulled back mm, go to Adrian Marie Brown I, I got a different okay. brown and let me tell you <laughs> The two combined, it's like my entire life. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I've learned a lot live. through them for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, hell yeah, this has been so nice. Oh, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground too. Yeah, like a whole lot of things. But I mean, I feel like that's the kind of work we're in. Like, yeah, it's it's all interconnected. Okay, so this is a question that I ask folks that kind of have like big picture kind of oh, vibes. Yeah, like I've you're, heard, yeah, you've so heard this question, and you've got you've got the big picture kind of vibe. And if you were given a huge lump sum of money tomorrow and you could do anything in this state or city or New Orleans that you feel you could do anything with the money, what, what would you do with it? Early childhood education. So what does that mean? It would just be an investment in like zero to three. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't have any money set. I mean, we have some money set aside. Zero to five, really. Like, yeah. that is where such like develop, developmental stages are so important. And I think that like if single especially single um parent households if they had more access to you know care and to good resources and all those things that they needed i mean i think it would make such an impact so that's always like that's always what i've had in the back of my head i mean child care is such if that burden can be lifted from people who are working to like make ends meet oh my god yeah no i mean it's huge and it it, it frees up mental capacity like you're pinching less pennies you're it's you get to spend more time with your kids ultimately because of it like also like think of the benefit for the children yeah like if they were in like a stable environment during Mm -hmm. the day like being cared for by qualified people who are also well compensated yeah and trained yeah like imagine like the i feel like the repercussions of that would just be like a ripple effect throughout our entire um because think about it now like you know all the katrina kids are coming of age right right like that's become like a huge conversation starter about how they just lived through this hugely traumatic experience. They were left behind. Mm-hmm. All these things happened, and now you know they're coming of age. Yeah. And so, what does that mean for us? Like, like those negative consequences. When you say Katrina kids, do you mean young children during Katrina? Like, yeah. how old were you? Th- are you referring to like the kids who were like young? And so, what was that? Seventeen grade years? school yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who like lost? Like and had, had no idea what was going on. No idea what was going on. Got lost in the school system. I mean, yeah. our school system was such a mess. You yeah. know, like had to go somewhere and all this stuff and 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 just like the huge trauma. I think there isn't there like some documentary that just came out about it. I feel like I just Probably. I haven't watched it yet, but um, but anyway, if you if we can acknowledge like what negative impacts like that like at a developmental age for those kids would be like think about what we could do that would have a positive impact, right? And so I just think early childhood education is so hugely important. I mean, and then after that, I would love to tackle infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> like the infrastructure here is just I mean. But then I don't know. Then you just get into climate change. And yeah, the of course. And it well, just yeah, well, that's so, tied in. So overwhelming. You can have as many projects as you want. I'll allow it. Okay. Yeah. 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 In, in my utopia. Be, oh, gosh, what is closest to my heart? I mean, the things that I I have tried. One of my boundaries I've set, like how we talked about earlier, is that I like 
have realized I cannot cover all the bad bills or all the good bills. Right. right. And so I like really only cover the ones that speak to me. And consistently it's been um, domestic violence bills, gun control bills mm-hmm. and police brutality bills. Yeah. And so I'd probably want to do something in those arenas. That's um, what's up. Yeah. Because I used to work with the Black Caucus as well. And they've done like amazing work with especially in the aftermath of george floyd and and everything and you know there have been a lot of roadblocks for them in terms of passing legislation that was on their agenda to pass to address these issues but um i just think it's so important you'll throw a few mil their way i would love to yeah yeah man i would love to all right i i want before we go for you to say why people should follow you and like who's your client who's your person and why should they follow you who's my person um your elevator pitch Oh wow! I don't. I've never. It's not an actual elevator pitch. I don't actually care about that. You don't have to actually do an elevator, but I mean, just like pitch yourself a little bit so that people know that they should go follow you. I think that you've proven yourself in this episode worthy of a follow. I don't even know why I'm asking you to do this. No, I mean the people I speak to. It really could be anyone. I mean, I know that I have a progressive tint, but I also have some Republican friends that like that I grew up with Mm -hmm, that that follow follow me and that engage with me, and so I can sometimes be brutal in my assessment of what's going on right (laughs) fairly like yes yeah but also it is a space where we talk about things and I explain a lot of things and I don't I generally try not to tell people how to like what to think Mm -hmm. I just tell them like here's the information here's the information like I don't endorse people I don't endorse anything like that anyway so I really believe that Louisiana bra is for everyone except if you're just like you know, some person who's going to like come and spew semantic arguments about what is an AR-15 and it's not Good an God. like I am so sick of like those kinds of like you you are not those people are not listening you're to this not podcast. my project yeah I was just talking about this with a friend of mine I just talked about it on the radio this week with the Greater New Orleans Housing Alliance I know who is not my project right and like I'm not worried about you yeah. on either side you know what I mean yeah. like I want the people who are genuinely curious mm-hmm. and want to know more Hell yeah. And if you want to debate, that's great. But I'm not going to debate these bullshit bros that cut, pop up on my page who like want to talk about where exactly did it say in this bill that you cannot say gay? Like, oh my God, shut up. Like, I am not going to engage with you. I see you're watching. Your silence is, you know, speaks volume. Oh like, my God. I don't, you know, so I won't engage with people like that. But anybody that wants to know more, like I, I welcome. Engage. Yeah, I welcome you because we also talk about a lot of hard things like... Like, how do you talk to, like, I don't advocate cutting out people who don't agree with you, mm-hmm. you know? And I got a lot of slack for that, slack for that. Um, but especially people, like, on the left, mm-hmm. especially transplants who don't yeah. understand what it's like to have really conservative friends and family. Yeah. Like, and look, if somebody's harmful to you, do of what course. you got to do. Yes, of course. I never, like, um, do not put yourself in harm's way and protect yourself. But, you know, I have a great relationship with most of my family members who are Republican, you know, and so we talk a lot about those like kinds of conversations and those truths and those realities. And so I welcome anybody on my page. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my last, last question, it's all, it's always the same. So you might know what it is. Mm Um, I like to have people on this podcast that are cooler doing cool things, um, which I actually didn't say at the top, which I usually say at the top. You do usually say yeah, that at the top. Yeah, I didn't say at the top. It's been, you know, I'm rusty. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but who's, who, who would you say should be on Planet NOLA? So I've thought a lot about this because I did, I've listened to a few of your episodes now. Um, 
and like obviously like the like the first people that pop up are like all my neighbors who are just like cool people in general like <laughs> ronnie across the street who like when i like went had a staycation at my aunt's house in harahan for two days like called my entire family because i forgot to tell them i was going to be in harahan oh and it was God. like wait i called your auntie and if she wouldn't answer i was going to call your dad next <laughs> to know where you are um, i was worried about so, you <laughs> which i love so like those people but then i was really thinking about um so two good friends of mine own uh margie's grill and seafood sally's have you ever okay. been there um I, I yeah i've been there but i haven't like eaten there i've been in the places though but it's a long story <laughs> okay. one time we went to seafood sally's they and like we were late we were late yes but i know what they are <laughs> yeah they're restaurants one's on broad one's on oak um so it's caitlin carney and marcus jacobs uh who i met when we all worked together at herb saint so i mm. was in the service industry for 15 plus years right. at least um and so what they have done at Margie's and Seafood Sally's is really cool. I mean, they get a lot of press for like the product that they put out, rightfully so. But also behind the scenes, they've built, especially because they just opened Sally's during the pandemic, um, they have really put a lot of thought and modeled their business plan and their business model after creating an inclusive and diverse and equitable workplace. Oh, and that's what's up. Yeah, I want to It's really talk cool, to them. and you can feel it when you walk in, and you can see it reflected in the staff. You can see it reflected in the clientele, and they are unapologetically doing this. Yeah. And they've worked with turning tables, like, really intimately, and they've worked with, oh, shoot, I asked Marcus. This I don't one. know what turning tables is. Turning tables, I'm not going to be able to give their elevator pitch um, very well, but they basically, like, train, like, native New Orleanians, like, especially POC, in, mm-hmm. like, in... Service industry. Service industry. And then kind of meant, again, I don't know their mission statement very well, so I don't want to misrepresent them. Um, Teray does an amazing job over there and, like, helps them, like, places them in certain places and then works with those places to help create an equitable and inclusive workplace. So, like, like really working closely. And Caitlin and Marcus have, like, really created a special space and they've never shied away from, like, what their mission is over there. And... There's a lot, I think, you know, our chefs and our restaurant industry and our tourism industry, like, especially like the mom and pop shops like that, hold so much cultural power here. Yeah. And like, you know, if you look Set at them, that bar high, baby. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm sick of like, look, Galatoire's commanders, all that blah, blah, blah. But they're like these huge corporations, right? That they're set in their ways. They're going to fight against, you know, a basic minimum wage or a decent minimum wage, blah, blah, blah. But when you have people like this who have like completely radical, not radicalized, but like revolutionized their entire pay structure to make yeah. sure everybody has a living wage at the back of the house is equal at the front of house, that yeah. everybody has like an equal say and equal part in it. Like that is huge. And those are people in our community that are making a real impact in like, awesome. on a very local basis. So they're really cool. They're dear friends of mine, and I really respect what they're doing over there. Awesome. So you can call in the favor for yeah, me? Yeah, for sure. All right, well, yeah. that's good to know. And they'll be very entertaining. I, think, I love it. I mean, I love an entertaining yeah, person, yeah. but I really do love people that are doing the work, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, and they are really doing it. This is a pretty left-leaning easy. podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, no, they're doing it, and, I, you know, I, they're really walking the walk instead of just, you know, putting up some posts on Instagram. Yeah, it's not BS. No, it's not BS. That's the way to do it. Yeah. 
Well, awesome. This yeah. has been so nice. I just, it's, okay. it's been great. I've had so much did fun. Did you have fun? I did. I had a blast. Okay, good. I could talk to you for like I could talk to you for hours. hours and hours. Okay, well, this is so enjoyable, and I appreciate you coming so much. Everyone should follow Louisiana Bra. Subscribe to Marcel's Substack. All that info it's is called is Nabra. Nabra. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you so much for listening, y'all. Be in touch. Thank you again to this episode's guest. Planet NOLA is produced by Carrie Mulder and Mary Jacobs. If you liked what you heard here, please consider subscribing to us on YouTube or all your social media platforms and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you really, really liked this episode, think about subscribing to our Patreon where we have tons of bonus content from this episode and more. It starts at just $5 a month and it would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, y'all, and be in touch.